Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 2010, David Crowley, an Iraq veteran, aspiring filmmaker and a charismatic up-and-coming voice in fringe politics, began production on his film Gray State. Set in a dystopian near future where civil liberties are trampled on by an unrestrained federal government, the crowd-funded trailer was enthusiastically received by the burgeoning online community of libertarians, Tea Party activists, as well as members of the nascent alt-right. I'm just going to leave it there because I don't want to give a whole lot away in the terms of the film, where the film ends up and all the rest of it. So I'm going to just leave it right there because this is a fascinating documentary uh, and one I've been hearing about for a while. And so happy and honored to have with us today the, uh, the director of the film, Eric Nelson. Eric, welcome to Film School. Oh, nice to be here. Thank you. Well, I mean, where, how, what was the first... Inkling, what was the first time you heard David Crowley's name, or what was it sort of the, your, your particular introduction into this uh, subject? I picked up uh, a, news, a news report uh, in late January of 2015 that a filmmaker, David Crowley, his wife and his daughter had been found uh, dead in their Apple Valley home, apparently a murder-suicide and it mentioned the news article, although brief, mentioned that he was working on a dystopian, conspiracy-oriented feature film, and that immediately piqued my interest. And I went to YouTube, to, as one is wont to go, to check his trailer and to sort of see his work. And I was confronted by a astonishing amount of material that he had put up during his life and during the process of making Grey State, and I felt that uh, there was that was the tip of the iceberg. There was a, a story here that compelled me, and I felt that there was something here. So I immediately started kind of circling around the story uh, and looking to, to acquire the material for a documentary. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the amount of what, I, what we see in the film, uh, Gray State, how much of the footage that was apparently available is. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's kind of catnip to a filmmaker like yourself, I'm sure. So, well, I I had uh, produced uh, the film Grizzly Man mm-hmm. with my colleague Werner Herzog, and I had had the same process. I had read a story about Timothy Treadwell, yeah. found he and his girlfriend found ravaged by a bear, yeah. and I knew knew vaguely that Treadwell had been filming bears. So I circled around that story, too. And at the time, I had uh, colleagues at the Discovery Channel and reached out to uh, to the people that you know who had inherited Treadwell's footage about doing a documentary project that I was going to direct. Mm-hmm. And uh, through an interesting chain of events, uh, Werner wound up directing it, and I wound up producing it. But the, the Crowley material... Uh, in the intervening 11 years since um, I kind of came across the Grizzly Man material was the only uh, story that I found had that same kind of potential. And and in the words of Dizzy Gillespie, Gillespie, the professional's the guy who can do it twice. (laughs) 
but stories as potent as Grizzly Man or Grey State don't come around that often. No, it, it's amazing, and it's amazing the the sort of the behind the scenes in front of the camera all the different things that uh were documented by David and his some of his associates in making the making of Grey State is just uh, uh I don't know it tells a a very uh sharp and complete story of of what the events were in his life at that time contemporaneously contemporaneous pardon me events and um it's it's quite a story now I mean, obviously, this is one of those kind of subjects uh, he was writing. Let's talk about the film itself. What he, what was he making in terms of uh, Grace Day? <clears throat> well, he had an interesting get-rich-quick scheme. His idea was to create a trailer for a movie that didn't exist yet, then use that trailer to crowdsource uh, funding so he could write, pay himself to write a full feature script then armed with the trailer and the feature script, he intended to go to Hollywood, raise $30 million, and make the movie. And the astonishing thing is he, w- he did just that. He, everything worked. He did exactly that. He um, made the film, the trailer. He raised more than the money he asked for uh, to pay for the script, and he brought the package to Hollywood and met with some producers who had pledged to develop the film further and raise the rest of the funding. Yeah, I mean, all he had, and that's, let's sort of describe David Crowley a little bit about his background. Obviously a very intelligent guy, uh, very sharp, again, a very quick-minded um, person in terms of what he was interested in. Tell me a little bit about his background. Well, David was a... Uh, uh, grew up in an affluent family, very, very hyper-intelligent, autodidact, knew a lot about a lot of things, uh, grew up saturated in the video game, violent war movie, play paintball in your off hours, gun culture, mm-hmm. uh, took that to the next level and enlisted with his best friend and went to Iraq, then came back, then was redeployed to Afghanistan, then came back and then went to film school and made some real striking films and wanted to pursue a career as a filmmaker. And so he had a professional track, and then he had a political track where he was radicalized by his deployment to the Middle East and became embittered about the the, the government that had sent him there and the system that had forced David to comply and be in its thrall. So he combined these two uh, paths and decided to make Grey State, uh, on one hand, believing in the material and believing in the cause, and on the other hand, cynically recognizing there was a market for a film like this, not unlike secular Christian films or documentaries that come out and make colossal amounts of money, surprising everybody in Hollywood. So he definitely was a man with a mission. Yeah, yes, he was. He was... um... It seems to me, in watching Gray State, that that he had there certain seemed to be a turn in his outlook uh, when he was redeployed. When he was uh, st- what do they call it? Stop. Um, stop loss. Stop yeah. loss. He he basically you know went to Iraq with his eyes open. That was he basically viewed going to the Middle East as 
being paid to play war games, but for real. He didn't, I think, think through entirely the consequences. So when he served his time, he thought he was done, and then there was a loophole, or so he thought, in his contract with the military, and they sent him back. And this was after he married, uh, hit, mar- met and married Comel, yeah. his wife. That's right. So he never forgave the military and, in essence, had a breakdown. We spoke to his commanding officer, had a breakdown while in Afghanistan, refused to go to the front lines and served out his, his enlistment or his gig over there as a postman, of all things. And then when he came back, he was done. He was done with the military. He had experienced things that, like so many veterans, had chronically disillusioned him, and he turned his attentions to the Gray State Project. Yeah, this this is a. I mean, this is maybe a broader subject than we need to get into to, in discussing Gray State. But there, I just wonder watching watching the film and and just how many um, of these men and women returning after three, four, five deployments into these hellish experiences are just so damaged and uh, that I don't know if that's your opinion of of David Crowley that he was damaged but it it it, it didn't help it didn't, and yeah. David the the thing that I found intriguing about this story and still find it intriguing after the 2 years that I've been working on it is David really rep is a sort of at the epicenter of American crazy yeah you have a hyper hyper talented uh gun obsessed politically obsessed he's um, has the military experience he's also i use the phrase he's part of the selfie delusion where he <laughs> thinks that everything he does he's selfie deluded he can whatever he writes on facebook whatever things he posts on instagram the videos he posts on youtube he's getting enough feedback that he feels he has a he's he's kind of becoming a junior messiah in a way. So he's got that going on. And a lot of there are a lot of people, sadly, who come back from the Middle East from deployments who are carrying those burdens. There's a lot of people who are selfie deluded, and there's a lot of people who want to make it big in Hollywood, and there's a lot of people who have a strong political component and, you know, are are, are have radical political beliefs and are exercising them which you get with david crowley is all four in one guy yeah yeah it it is and, and it's hard not to see this um playing out unfortunately on a national level people manipulating in addition to everything else people uh at the highest levels of our government manipulating these people into a well certain- the thing is crowley you know when you watch the film and the film is not I don't do uh, there is zero editorializing by me in the film there's yeah. no narration unlike uh, my films with Herzog where yeah. Werner tells you exactly what he thinks um, there is no narration I'm just putting the material together and letting the viewer sort of come to their own conclusions about what's going on and I think a story like this contains multitudes and I'm surprised uh depressed and exhilarated in no particular order <laughs> by the fact that a film that I started two years ago is so relevant now. Yeah. I remember last summer uh, one of the executive producers asking me, who is Alec Jones again? <laughs> this is just last summer. Yeah. 
and you know the fact that Alec Jones is now a household name and a, a has a has a direct pipeline to the president that didn't exist when I started the film. Mm-hmm. I knew who Alex Jones was, and certainly David Crowley knew who Alex Jones was and used Alex Jones as a means to get his vision out there. But the film, sadly, has only become more relevant in the last year. Yeah, no, I've been aware of, of Alex Jones for a while as well, and and it's... Uh, you know, it's there's always and there's always a strand of something that's feasible in all these people's, uh, you know, ramp ramblings and, and rants, and it's it, it's and it's a I some of it is a byproduct of people who have are plugged into an entire stream of information that is completely self-contained. And I, well, it's a parallel. It's a it's again it's the, it takes this concept of selfie delusion. Yeah. It's an entire pipeline. It's what for want of a better term, I don't know if you've heard this expression before, fake news. It's an entire belief system, an entire chain, uh, kind of a, a parallel alternate history of the universe that people sign into. Occasionally they're right. Occasionally, you know, the, the, the what did William Burroughs say? Uh, the paranoid's the guy who knows what's really going on. So I'm not discounting all conspiracists and all people who right. don't trust the government who think you know terrible things of what's going on behind the scenes right. there's enough there's enough things going on that have been proven to be true or could be true that it's hard you know you can't just say you know issue a blank and you know yeah. you can't blank, you can't condemn it all or throw it toss it all out of hand right and i try to avoid doing that in gray state so we feature uh, a couple of guys who are absolutely convinced that Crowley was murdered in order to shut him up, and it's a level playing field. They make their, if not their detailed case, they at least present in a, as credibly as we could have them present why they think the official story is wrong. Yeah. So, you know, and if an audit, if someone watches the film and says, "Ooh, I'm going to go check out their websites and learn more," I don't buy that David Crowley did what they said he did. That's their prerogative. Yeah. You know, I yeah. can't stop that. I don't believe it, but I can't stop it. And I, I would, you know, and that's so. Again, I'm just trying to yeah. put the material out there in in exhibit form and let the audience decide what happened or what conclusions to draw. Remind our listeners, we're speaking with the film director, Eric Nelson. He's the director of a new film called A Gray State, and it is going to be opening this weekend, Friday, yes, Friday, November 24th at the Lemley Music Hall Theater 3. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's A&E sponsored indie film, um, and uh, it's a, just a remarkable look at a specific man's life, his vision, his delusions, his ambition as well as what we're discussing, a window into a very troubling strain of American democracy uh, that is aloof. It is running around the countryside, gathering up people. I fear, I fear, this is why I'm editorializing here a little bit. In making a gray state, have you gotten any pushback from any part of the community that is, uh, you know, believes a certain way in terms of what happened to David Crowley? Absolutely. I would have been crushed if we hadn't gotten that kind of response back. Uh, 
up until the release of the film, it just came out on iTunes, so it's actually officially available. None of the people who were condemning it had ever seen the film. It was just the idea of the film they condemned. Mm -hmm. And so, but they immediately assumed the worst. And my, you know, I, they're in their word, a slop umentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, some believe that uh, Alec Jones, who wrote a parallel article for the New Yorker magazine, is on the CIA's payroll. They, of I'm sure I'm in the same adjustment, a, a willing a willing hack tool of the New World Order, mm-hmm. deliberately falsifying evidence to try to cover up the tracks. I mean, it's it's uh, interesting to be to have your work uh, judged, analyzed, and criticized. Obviously, more interesting when they haven't actually seen it, but I'm sure even after they see it, they'll have the same complaints about it. But you know. What do you do, right? I have my platform. They have theirs. They certainly can make their videos and do what they do, and I've made my videos and do what I do. Yeah. So I, I'm trusting that uh, the audience will decide for themselves. Yeah, I was just going to ask, what do you do? I mean, beyond what you just described, is is there a, is there another level of of rebuttal for you to to no to, 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 no uh, I, I I'm uh, not uh, well because again I'm not making you know I made a film because I was fascinated with David Crowley and yeah. his work. Yeah. I used David Crowley's work that I uh, that I got and I wove together David Crowley in his own words, yeah. telling what he believed, presenting his work. I spoke with David Crowley's family and friends. And I would always say, tell me what you know, not what you think. And I wove it together with zero narration in a structure that seemed to give a apt kind of apt structure that, that told the story. There's no zero editorializing on my part, yeah. and it's all in David Crowley's words. So if people take exception with my filmmaking and my narrative structure and my craft as a filmmaker, that's one thing. If people think that everything presented in the film has been faked and concocted, okay. Uh, you know, but I, as I say, I don't, I don't take any of it personally. Mm-hmm. And I certainly knew what I was getting into when I started the project. One of the reasons I started, I knew the story was going to become something, was I knew that conspiracists we're not going to accept the police report. Crowley was too important, had done too much significant work, and was too visible. And in, and the circumstances of the crime were so bizarre that it obviously had to, uh, people were going to talk. And I don't blame them. I found, I never for a, doubt, a moment doubted the quote-unquote official version of events, but how David Crowley got to that place you know, it was a different question, and that's what the investigation, quote unquote, uh, that I undertook. Yeah, it's a tragedy of uh, a, a family tragedy, but it's also, unfortunately, as where I was alluding to earlier, uh, the potential for more David Crowleys in has already happened in many many parts of this country, and will probably continue to happen for for decades to come as a result of this in this constant state of war that we find our country in constantly fighting uh in and in, in manufacturing reasons to go into other countries to fight more it's it is uh it is a troubling micro macro look at at the world that we find ourselves living in now so 
Well, the point of Grey State really is, you know, a lot of documentaries, you know, you've mentioned all the filmmakers you've done, a lot of documentaries are point towards a, a conclusion or they reinforce your belief system or they tell you something you didn't know about something you believe in mm-hmm. and are calls to action or they're made for a specific audience to get a point across. Uh, Gray State is none of those. Gray State is a does not provide an easy way out. It does not, as uh, one of the uh, participants in the film said, it, it feels at the end of the film that you're dumped on a street corner in a weird neighborhood without a map to get home. Yeah. And I want people, I want this film to get under people's skin and I want them to discuss, you know, to, to look at the story and, and extract what they can. You know, it's a cautionary tale about, uh, you know, what happens when, when guns stop being toys and become being real. It's a cautionary tale on selfie delusion. It's about domestic abuse in a very primal and psychological and disturbing standpoint. So it it just has a lot of things going on in it that I won't say defy analysis, but this film opens the door to the story. Well, it's it's very powerful, and it's uh, all the things you said. I I concur. I believe you uh, you have really touched a, a nerve in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different sort of uh, particular angles that you've taken in in just telling the story. This story, you're right, lends itself to many many different um, ways to look at it. So, well, I want to thank you, uh, Eric Nelson, so much for for being here on Film School today. Um, Congratulations! I know you have you are a prolific filmmaker. Looking at your list of films that you've been a part of, and either as a producer or director, is remarkable. Congratulations on a fantastic career as a filmmaker, and and I look forward to maybe having a conversation with you down the line with another one of your projects. It's been it's been a real honor to to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you again. The film is a gray state. The filmmaker is Eric Nelson. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.